Hello, everybody, and welcome to In Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by arts writer Deborah Martin. She joins the show today to discuss the latest on the ongoing labor disputes plaguing the San Antonio Symphony. Welcome back to the show, Deborah. It's been quite a while. It has. Nice to be here, Luis. So tell me about the symphony and what exactly is going on. Well, the symphony, um, the symphony has had a, a pattern of financial crises over the past 30 years. And the, the, the latest thing that has happened is they um, reopened their contract for next season, which was ne- originally negotiated in 2019, as you know, before the pandemic. Um, they reopened it. Uh, the musicians agreed to reopen it in January um, to, to adjust the terms for the coming season because, you know, pandemic that affected everybody. Um, and the they've been in talk since January. So, you know, this is October. Obviously, things have not gone well. Um, the the um, board presented them with an offer they felt was unfair. Uh, the board declared an impasse and imposed this contract, which, among other things, would cut the musicians' pay from $35,774 to $24,000. It would cut the size of the orchestra. It would reduce the season. Um, the musicians see that as completely untenable, and the musicians are currently on strike. Um, and the musicians this week, uh, or I guess last Friday, they filed a complaint with the National uh, Labor Board alleging that the board has negotiated, that went into these negotiations in bad faith. And um, so, you know, so there's that out there. The musicians are on strike. The musicians are holding a rally this Friday um, at, uh, I think it's Veterans Park, which is near the Tobin, which is where, where they are in residence. So it's, there's a lot, a lot going on, or I guess a lot not going on because they, the, they were supposed to begin the subscription season this weekend and they aren't because, you know, no orchestra. Yeah. So they postponed um, the season. It was supposed to start on the 29th. Do we know when we're going to have concerts again right now, or is it completely up in the air? We do not know. Um, the Neither side has come back to the bargaining table. So it's been weeks um, you know, the, the, the musicians have been on strike for, I believe, three weeks now. And there, there does not, at least publicly, there doesn't appear to be any give on either side. So um, for now, uh, they've postponed, they postponed the first two concerts of the season, which would have been this weekend and I believe next weekend. And um, we don't know what's going to happen beyond that. Um, the only other time that the musicians went on strike, uh, it lasted for 11 weeks. So, um, that's kind of a long time. I, and I guess we'll see, we'll see if this one lasts that long. I, I suspect it probably will just again, based on the fact there doesn't appear to be at least publicly any movement from either side toward the other. You mentioned in one of your articles that the board says they're just trying to, uh, live within their means essentially. What is it that the musicians are saying is, in bad faith, uh, the, just the general contract, or is there something else that I'm, I'm just not um, seeing? What the musicians say, among other things, is that when the contract was reopened, they say that the board entered into those discussions with with it 
with the idea of slashing the size of the orchestra, which the, with the idea of, with the plan to cut pay, like from the beginning. So, I mean, ideally, I believe when you come into a negotiation like that, both sides are going to come in sort of open to the other, right? But the musicians say that the board came in with a plan and they were not going to entertain any, anything from the musicians. Um, and, and, and the board, by the way, says that that's not the case. They, they say that they have not negotiated in bad faith, but um, the musicians feel that they, that they did, that they didn't. Um, the musicians had proposed a, um, had proposed, you know, when, when the board said, we don't have enough money, the musicians said, okay, we'll, we'll take a 17% pay cut this season. And the board, the musicians say the board just kind of blew that off, didn't really respond to it and came back with um, a, uh, an offer that the musicians describe as draconian. Um, so that that's basically what it, what it comes down to. They just feel like the, the board did not enter into this negotiation with any intent other than to basically gut the size of the orchestra and to gut the musicians pay. Uh, from the way I'm, I'm, I'm reading into it, it, it seems like the symphony is perpetually, perpetually trying to catch up with funding and they're always running a deficit. Yeah. Is that more to do with the city and how receptive it is to the symphony or is that like a reflection of the symphony and how they do business? That's, that's a very good question. I mean, I think, I think that it, I think it could be a little bit of, a little bit of both. Um, what, what the symphony has relied on for the past, for, for years is emergency fundraising. And at a certain point, I think there are funders who are exasperated by that and are kind of like, okay, enough with that. Um, I think it's very difficult and, and I think it's difficult to find funding for nonprofits anyway. I think, I think the arts, a, a lot of arts groups struggle, um, here and elsewhere. It's not a San Antonio problem. Um, I think there are a lot of people who value the symphony, but for some reason, I think, I think that people have maybe gotten used to only the people who have means, the people who can give. It's also possible that maybe they've just gotten used to making donations only when there is an, oh my God, the symphony is going to fold any minute push as opposed to um, making a regular donation. You know, I talked to Stephanie San Ambrosio, who's a former concert master for the symphony. Um, she also runs, founded and uh, has run for the past 25 years or so, the Cactus Pear Music Festival, which is a chamber music festival here. And she said that what, what needs to happen is there needs to be a change in attitude on how the funding is viewed on the part of the donors, among other things, that the donors need to see it as as a as a regular thing that you do, M much like the way that uh, people who are members of churches tithe, you you give to the symphony regularly. You don't wait until everything's about to collapse. And there 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 are donors like that, but maybe there to this point there have not been enough donors like that. I have seen a lot of arguments that the symphony or a symphony to a metropolitan city is, is kind of what a lot of the big money people look for in terms of the culture. Yeah. So is that something that maybe we can expect the city to fund in part? Like how much is the city helping to keep the, the orchestra alive? The city, um, the, the symphony is included in, does get city funding in each funding cycle. And the city has in the past given emergency funding. 
Um, I, I don't know at this point, I, I don't know if, if the city is going to do that. I, I also don't know if the city is in a position to be able to do that because, you know, um, arts funding from the city comes from hotel motel tax and the pandemic. We, we took yeah. a big hit with that. Um, and I don't know where things, things stand with that. Now, I, I think there are probably other pockets, other pockets of money that the city has that maybe they could be funded by, but, um, but at least at this point, it doesn't look like the city has come forward to say, here, let's help you. And as far as I know, even beyond the city, I, I don't know that, that big, that the foundations with deep pockets, the corporations with deep pockets, I don't know that any of them have come forward either to say, let's help you out. It could be that they're, they're all just sort of, they've all just decided that they are frustrated by the fact that the, the symphony can't seem to get it, its act together, can't seem to get its finances together. What does losing the symphony mean to the Tobin Center? Um, they're one of their regular, you know, performers there. I'm a, does the ballet perform there as well? The ballet does. the The symphony is one of the resident companies, so they're they're local companies that are based there. So among them, it's the symphony, the ballet, and the opera, um, and the symphony musicians perform for productions by the opera and for some productions by the ballet. Um, so it it would be the Tobin Center was designed was built to be a symphony hall. And obviously it's, it's a tremendously flexible building and it hosts a lot of things, but the acoustics were designed specifically for the symphony, for the San Antonio symphony. You know, the Sebastian Lang Lessing, who was the music director at the time worked with the acousticians to make sure that the symphony would sound as good as it could possibly sound in that space. So, I mean, I think, I think the Tobin, I think the Tobin would probably find some sort of touring stuff. I, I think that they want classical music to be in the mix. Um, but I, I don't think that, I think it would be a big loss. I think without that, that cultural gem there and it will, it will impact if, if it goes away, it impacts other things. You know, the musicians work with Yosa. They, again, they play with the opera, they play with the ballet, they teach at the colleges um, they are music teachers. Uh, they form the spine of other chamber music groups. I mean, it would if if the symphony went away, it it would have a huge impact. I think on on this whole classical music ecosystem here, it would be it would be pretty devastating. I think. Yeah, I think I read that you that many of musicians would just up and move and try to look for opportunities in other cities. Yeah, I think I think that, and that's what the musicians say. The musicians say that that they they would move, and and also it would be very very difficult to replace musicians who go because if if you're on the outside and you see the turmoil that's here, I don't. Depending on you know, and and uh, there 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 are a lot of reasons why someone may maybe would want to come to San Antonio, but if you're aware of the turmoil and you're a classical musician. I don't know that you would look at that situation and think, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be a part of that. Um, I, I, I think, I think it'll be very difficult to, to keep it going. If, you know, if things go down the path of them sort of shrinking that much and shrinking the size of the orchestra and, and shrinking the compensation, that's, that's going to be tough. 
and I'm sure you've talked to a bunch of musicians and cause you've yeah. written plenty of articles on this, but so they're at an impasse right now, but ultimately if the money's not there, the money's not there. What is, what could this ultimately, like how could this be resolved amicably for both sides? Is, is there a path forward that way? Um, I, I hope that there is um, what, what the musicians say is that the, the reason that the board doesn't um, see the money is because basically that they haven't cast a wide enough net. And um, they've said that like, they've heard from people who said, boy, I had no idea the symphony was having this problem. Nobody, nobody reached out to me like past donors, supporters. Um, and you know, the, the board says that they, that they, that they are doing what, what they can do. I, I don't, I don't know what needs to happen. Both sides have to give in some way, both there has to be, but, but they've got to come back to the negotiating table and they don't, neither side seems, um, to be headed there. So, but there's also the fact that the symphony has weathered a lot of crises. Um, you know, symphony goes back to 1939. They have weathered things before and they're still here. And I, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that somehow something happens to either bring them back to the negotiating table or somebody steps forward and says, here's, you know, $3 million. Um, that would be a really nice thing. <laughs> here's $3 million to make up for what you say you need to keep the symphony intact. Um, but right now things don't look particularly great, but I'm, I, I you know, you got to have hope. I'm hopeful as well. I love the symphony. I've yeah. been in playing the violin since I was in fifth grade in the strings program. And uh, I was in Yosa and I absolutely love the symphony. And I, I really do hope that they can kind of find a way to work it all out. But uh, thanks, Deborah. I really appreciate you coming on and giving us all your insights. I know you've written extensively on this <laughs> and there's probably still more to go. So. Yes, probably. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was fun. <laughs>